Welcome back to our weekly podcast, Design and Destiny, where we are aligning with the power movement of God as we search out how to grow authentically so we can flourish and live deeply in God's purposes for our lives so that we can more fully release God's power and glory in the world. And if you're new to the Destiny Makers community, well, we offer you a special welcome. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing to our weekly podcast. And check us out at destinymakers.org, where you can see more of the resources that we offer. Well, on our last two podcasts, I laid out for you the first two essentials for living your God-designed, God-ordained destiny. And so today I want to wrap up with the third and what I believe is the most important essential. And if you'd like to really dig in deep into all of this, check out our Destiny Living course. You'll find it on destinymakers.org. It is full of tools and exercises and information and reflection activities designed specifically for helping you to create an overcoming, abundant, victorious, joy-filled destiny life. Okay, now, if you remember, the first essential is this. You cannot begin to walk in the fullness of your God-designed destiny unless you possess an accurate view of your identity. The second essential was this. You won't possess an accurate view of your God-given identity if you don't appreciate and apprehend the nature of your inheritance. In other words, the potential that you've been given to live this destiny God ordained for you. And the third essential for today is this. You'll never fully embrace that inheritance if you don't actively, intimately, consistently abide in the essence of the one who made you in his image and likeness. I mean, let's face it. If you don't have a proper view of God's image and likeness, how in the world could you possibly know and understand your own? And that, my friend, is where all the self-help, self-actualization, self-development teachings fall short. I mean, even in the marketplace where I've worked for several decades now, teaching individuals and leaders and teams and organizations about how to grow and change successfully and sustainably, we talk about identity all day long. We call it self-image. We talk an awful lot about mindset and how to unleash potential. And in fact, researchers will claim that you and I have an unlimited capacity for growth and renewal. But you know what's so interesting? They can't tell you why. They can't say, tell you, how does this happen? Where, where does it come from, this unlimited potential? They can't tell you why human beings uniquely, among all created things, why human beings uniquely have this frontal lobe capacity to imagine dream, create, plan, evaluate, analyze, and so on. It's distinctly human and godlike trait. See, the best, the best that secular programs can offer are techniques and processes to grow in positive thinking and what we call human agency. Human agency is how an individual will take in and process, interpret, internalize and respond to information and experiences around them. And that's all very helpful information to you and me, but they miss the core, the very core, the source 
for your potential, your purpose, your identity. And when you neglect or reject the very essence of who you are, what you are, why you're here, well, then you'll just naturally misuse or misalign or miss out on the very intentions and invitation of the king of the universe for experiencing the fullness of his love and light and life for you. But lest we get too comfortable as Christians, knowing that we're believers who have declared Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we read our Bibles, we go to church, we gather with others for Bible study and serving, there's much you can know about God and do for God and still miss the heart of God for you. And that's because what you and I know, what we understand, what we interpret of life, is the result of our past conditioning. In other words, the teachings and the opinions that we received of others as we were growing up, along with our own experiences of life and how we explain them to ourselves. See, you have established beliefs about yourself, about God, about others and the world as a result of your past conditioning. And these beliefs, some conscious, some subconscious, you've established about who God is and how he interacts in your life circumstances. And they're based on a few different things. The first is religious tradition, or perhaps the lack thereof. Sometimes we can get so familiar that we get into routine and we lose the newness and the awesome wonder and the growing intimacy with God. In other words, we adopt religion versus relationship. And when we do that, it becomes mundane and ritualistic and we lose the presence of God. Another uh, factor that impacts this past conditioning that impacts our beliefs about who God is has to do with religious trappings. I don't know about you, but I was raised growing up that I was always doing something wrong, that God was always mad at me. <laughs> And when we attribute the wrong characteristics and attributes to God, if we believe that he's a God who's always judgmental, always looking at what's wrong with you, uh, always um, angry with you, well, then how in the world can you begin to adopt a proper view of yourself and your potential? Another aspect that impacts our beliefs about who God is has to do with what I would call mm, wrong testaments. And it comes from our own experiences in life and the conclusions that we draw about who God is and as a result of what's happened. You know, sadly, I was um, on a social media site recently and I saw a comment of a woman. She, I won't give you her name or her social media name, but satanic was at the beginning of it as she was interacting with another person on social media and they were kind of bantering back and forth it became very clear and evident she even described that she had been a christian she grew up a christian but apparently whatever happened in life dealt her some really hard blows and she no longer believed that god was good she no longer believed god she was no longer christian now she believed in satan see sometimes when we've experienced abuse or great loss in whatever capacity, it can sometimes um, interfere with how we see God. 
and we can misattribute, give him misattributions because of our life's experiences. See, if you don't believe God is good, and if you don't believe God is for you, if you don't believe that his promises are yes and available to you, then he wants the very best for you. In other words, if you don't have the proper perspective about who God is, you won't have the proper perspective regarding the circumstances you encounter and your potential to manage them effectively, victoriously, abundantly. God is not indifferent and he is not stagnant any more than you are a stagnant individual. There is so much richness in who you are and how you relate to the world around you. And there's so much dynamic richness in the relationship God desires to have with you. Great treasures of, of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. The Bible tells us in Colossians 2, 3, that are found in God's word and in God's presence. But it takes the desire and the investment of time to participate quietly but expectantly in God's presence because of who he is. And it's his presence that will begin to change and heal and energize and anoint your purpose-filled future. Again, you can learn specific steps for how to grow, how to change, how to renew your mind so that you can thrive in God's destiny for you on our Destiny Living course found at destinymakers.org. And join us next week for where we're going to take a look at one of the biggest obstacles robbing you, robbing me of joy in your abundant destiny life. <music>